Welcome to the Fueled AF podcast, where we educate you on ways to fuel your mind, body, and soul. We're your hosts, Alex and Avery. Now let's jump in. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Today, we are going to be talking about all things recovery, um, what indicates a good workout, how often you should be lifting, um, basically the importance of recovery, physical and mental recovery, um, and how to make sure that you're optimizing that. Um, I think this is definitely a topic that a lot of people, when they're first getting into their health and fitness journey, they don't really think about very much because they kind of just think about like the work that they're putting in, whether it be in the gym with their nutrition, um, cardio, stuff like that. But they don't really think about how important it is to actually let their body recover from all the work that, that they're doing and all the stress that they're putting on their body. So, um, yeah, definitely a really important topic to kind of know about. I'm surprised we haven't done an episode on this yet. Cause I feel like every time there's like a big topic, we're like, yeah, we've done an episode on that, but we actually haven't done an episode on this before. I don't think. Um, I'm sure we've talked about it in like Q and A's or like somewhere in like the beginner's guide. I'm sure we've touched on it, but yeah, I don't think we've actually done a full blown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Avery said, I definitely think this is a really big part that a lot of people miss. I know for sure when I first started and a lot of clients that like when they first come on, they kind of have this mindset of, I need to go, you know, balls to the walls, all out. You know, I'm either all in or I'm all out on my health and fitness journey. You know, more of that like all or nothing mindset. And a lot of the times people feel like they shouldn't be taking rest days or, you know, they should be working out excessively seven days a week. And that is definitely not the case. Avery and I have said many, many times on the podcast before, if you are working out seven days a week, you're not training hard enough. Like you, your body should need rest days and it, you should be able to identify when that is. So yeah, super excited to kind of dive into everything with this episode. Yeah, totally. So we'll go ahead and kind of jump in just understanding rest and recovery, kind of just what that means. Like we've already said, really big part of your health and fitness journey, um, because the, the time that you're resting and recovering is actually when your muscles are growing and repairing. So you probably already know, know this, but as you're strength training, especially, or even doing like, you know, more high intensity forms of cardio. So maybe like you're running or doing HIIT workouts, something like that. Um, you're putting a lot of stress on your body. You're putting a lot of stress on your muscles, um, potentially creating muscle damage. And so, yes, that's obviously really important for muscle growth, but actually when that growth happens is during the recovery process. Um, so when your muscles are repairing, rebuilding, strengthening, so that the next time you go into the gym or the next time you go on a run, whatever it is, um, your body has adequately recovered from that and you can continue progressing forward. Yes. Yeah. Rest is just really important in general when it comes to recovery, overcoming adaptation, preventing your overtraining. Um, it will reduce stress on your mind and your body. We always say like, you know, it's easy to think that exercise is really good for you and it is, it's amazing for you, but it does put a lot of stress on your body. So if you're not taking the rest that you need, like Avery said, you're not going to recover properly. Um, and you're not going to see the quote unquote gains as fast as you would if you're taking proper rest and recovery days. Um, and it also promotes relaxation. So there's a lot of really good things that come from rest. Um, I also think that like, as you get really into your health and fitness journey, like you're going to learn to love the rest and recovery in terms of just like, like I said, learning what your body needs and like, you'll, you'll know when it's time for that. And I know for me, it's like, okay, yeah, I need a rest day. And like, for me, I, I absolutely love those rest days. I know Avery, sometimes you're like mentally, you're like, I need the gym, but <laughs> yeah. well, it's always funny. Cause I feel like the days when I, the, the days that are rest days, I'm like, I can tell my body needs it. I'm like, okay, I definitely should not be lifting 
something today, but my mind is like, oh, that'd be really good to like go in and get, get a workout in. And then the days when I am training, I'm like, oh, I, I don't want to go. So it's like, just so, I don't know. It's just that. <laughs> So yeah, there's, there's essentially three like different types of recovery that we're going to be talking about today. Um, so do you want to maybe kick it off with what active recovery is? Yes. Yeah. So I feel like this is kind of a, I don't know, kind of a buzzword that a lot of people will say, like I'm taking an active rest day, I'm doing some active recovery. So kind of what it sounds like, essentially it's engaging in some sort of like low intensity exercise, um, that's not going to place extra stress or a lot of extra stress on your body. Um, so it's going to help promote muscle repair recovery, um, by again, not putting a whole lot of extra stress on your body. Um, also can help with like mobility, stiffness, blood flow, things like that. So, um, when you think of active recovery, it would be something like swimming, walking, um, maybe doing like a really light jog, yoga, stretching. Um, so you're still being active, but you're not placing that huge demand on your body. Yes. And th- this is really good to incorporate definitely into your training. I know a lot of our clients have like step goals and stuff like that. So that's definitely something that, you know, I, I, I still, even on regular passive recovery days, I still have my clients hit their step goal, but Um, yeah, basically anything that's putting minimal stress on the body. So the next one, like I just said, is passive recovery. Um, so this is kind of like a complete rest day. So like, you're not really engaging in any sort of activities outside of your normal day-to-day stuff. Um, these are going to be really good if you're like really, really sore or sore and you feel like you need to give your body a chance to like totally recover. Um, I think uh, especially for a lot of beginners, passive recovery days are really great because um, when you're first starting exercise, you're going to notice that you're really, really sore at first because your body is not used to that. So giving your time, your body time to kind of totally recover, repair your damaged tissues, replenish your energy stores. That's kind of what a passive recovery day is. It's essentially a complete rest day. So different types of examples would, like I said, be a complete rest day, maybe some meditation. I meant to write meditation, but it says medication. Deep breathing exercises, massage, light walking. Like I said, I'll still have my clients do their step goal on a passive recovery day, just because that is really more of their normal day-to-day movement. Um, but ultimately you'll, you'll be able to tell what your body needs for sure. So basically just a normal day outside of fitness. Yeah. I will say, I think, um, when it comes to like passive recovery, I think a lot of people, especially like you said, when they first get into lifting or like lifting consistently, there is going to be that increased soreness just because it's a new stimulus to their body. And so I think a lot of people's inclination is like, oh my gosh, I can't move. I'm just going to like sit on the couch all day. Um, which obviously, yes, you need to rest and recover. Like we've been saying this whole time. Um, but you definitely shouldn't just be like sedentary the whole day. So having a step goal is a really good way to just make sure that you're getting in movement throughout the day. Even if it's just like taking your dog for a walk or, you know, going to the grocery store, walking around there, just doing chores around the house. So typically speaking, unless there's like an injury going on, I would say, you know, just sitting all day and not moving at all is actually going to, um, inhibit recovery. Um, so just, just to clarify on like passive recovery basically just means you're not necessarily doing any like intentional exercise. Um, but you're still like, staying, you know, you're still moving throughout the day, the normal day-to-day stuff. Yeah. Right. Um, and then last form of recovery is sleep, which is so, so important. I think this is another one that people kind of neglect, um, in the beginning, um, especially, you know, just kind of depending on their lifestyle. I know a lot of people just struggle with getting enough sleep in general, and then adding, you know, the demands of a more consistent exercise routine can definitely, um, you know, 
require more sleep or just more consistent sleep, more better quality sleep. So, um, when you're sleeping, your body undergoes repairs for your body, your mind, your brain, your skin, like literally everything when you're sleeping, it's just your body is kind of repairing everything that's happened throughout the day. Um, and basically just optimizing the benefits of exercise. So allowing your body to get the recovery it needs so that the next day time you go to the gym, you can actually continue to progress. Um, so I already kind of listed some of those benefits, but muscle repair and growth, hormone regulation, energy restoration, immune function, inflammation reduction, cognitive function and focus. Um, so good kind of rule of thumb for most people would be seven to nine hours of sleep per night. Um, that being said, everyone kind of needs a slightly different, um, there's some people who probably don't need that much sleep and they can still feel totally fine. Um, but I would say generally speaking, like going for more or like eight to nine hours, if you can, is going to be really, really helpful. Yes. And I think sleep out of all three of these is by far the most important aspect of recovery. Um, like Avery just listed all of those things like sleep. It does so much more beyond just like muscle repair and growth. Like it's, it's really important for overall health in general. Um, yeah. so make sure you're getting your Z's in. It's important. Yeah. I was going to say I was in bed at like nine 30 last night and I was like, wow, this is so nice. And I like, I fell asleep. I had to charge my aura ring cause it was almost dead. And uh-huh. then I at like 1am and it was still on the charger. I was like, Oh crap. I hate that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's not going to tell me that I got like all this sleep. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I know you've been going to sleep at like probably like nine, Eight, right? 830. 830. Yeah. I, the, the sun is still out. We have to like shut all our blinds just so it feels dark in our house. So yeah. No, <laughs> Never in my life did I think as a 26 year old, I'm actually only 25 <laughs> the end of the month, but never in my life did I think I'd be going to bed when the sun's still out. Um, but yeah, here we are. Love it. Um, but it is still possible, you guys. Like 8.30 seems super early, but I'm in bed by 8.30 and I'm still getting, you know, eight to nine hours in each night, which my my baby sleeps pretty good, knock on wood. But yeah. anyways, very important. Um, yeah. So as far as recovery goes, there are some other key components that kind of play a role in optimal recovery. So do you want to kick it off with nutrition, which is the first one yeah. we have on here? Yeah. So this is so, so important. I'm, I, I feel like we've talked about this a lot in other episodes when it comes to like just your health and fitness journey in general, when it comes to like transforming your body, growing muscle, stuff like that. So I think a lot of people, when they think about recovery, they just kind of think about the things that we just listed, which obviously are, you know, very, very important and really big parts of recovery. Um, but nutrition is also a really big key. Um, so a lot of times I think people will be, especially when they first start, maybe they're going to the gym super consistently, like really pushing themselves or just going a lot of days in a row and they're just struggling to feel well recovered. They're just really sore. Um, and then, you know, you kind of look at what they're, what's going on with their nutrition and they're maybe eating like 1600 calories a day. So they just don't have enough fuel in their body to replenish their muscles and help them recover. So making sure that you have the right nutrients, that your meal timing is well thought out, um, is just going to help optimize recovery. It's going to help repair any sort of damaged muscle tissue, replenish energy, um, and basically just support any like adaptations to exercise that your body might be experiencing. Um, so kind of thinking about like how to do that, definitely making sure that you are eating a well-balanced diet. So well-balanced in macronutrients or I shouldn't like well, like an appropriate distribution of macronutrients. It's not like they're all going to be the exact same um, or all 
perfectly equal portions, um, but making sure that you're getting enough protein to support muscle growth, making sure you're getting enough carbs to help replenish your glycogen stores and like refuel your muscles, basically um, fat, which is going to be really helpful for hormone balance. Um, and then also making sure that, you know, the way that you're eating before and after a workout is very just thought out and very intentional in terms of fueling your workout so you can perform the best possible and then recover from your workout afterwards. Yeah, definitely great things for sure. As far as just, yeah, making sure you're having a well-balanced diet is important. And like Avery said, a well-distributed macronutrient diet. So that's going to look different for every single person. It's not like, you know, the same percentages are going to work for every person. So that's an important thing to note too, for sure. Um, next, as far as other key components of recovery, we have hydration. So making sure that you have proper hydration throughout the day, especially throughout your workout. I think that that is um, really important. I think a good rule of thumb is like every hour of exercise, you should be drinking like at least 10 ounces of water, if not more. Um, maybe it's even more than that, but definitely making sure you're staying hydrated throughout your workout, but also just throughout the day in general. Um, I always get in this, like, sometimes when I'm low on water, I'm like, oh, shit, I have to, like, chug all this water right before bed to hit my water goal. But it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to just chug a bunch of water all at once. Like, you want to make sure it's well distributed throughout your day because at some point you can overhydrate. Um, so it's really important to just stay on top of it throughout the whole entire day, you guys. Even if you have to set, like, reminders on your phone, um, kicking off the day with water is really important, too, because when you wake up from sleep, your body is dehydrated. So just hydration is, is really important in general, but especially when it comes to recovery, it's going to help with fluid balance, nutrient transportation, temperature regulation, joint lubrication, and just like muscle function in general, as well as waste removal. So a lot of really, really important things when it comes to staying hydrated. Um, I think we've talked about this before, but like a good rule of thumb too, is to kind of aim for like 80 to hundred ounces of water. Um, and then start to kind of go up from there. Um, I think, I don't know what episode we just did that we talked about this in, but I was talking about like looking at the color of your pee. I don't, maybe it was a Q and A, I think. I think it was a Q and A and someone was asking about how much water they should be drinking. I think. I think it was too. Um, um, one other thing really quickly, just about hydration and kind of drinking enough water, just making sure that you're also getting, you're replenishing your electrolyte stores, which is also really important, especially if you're someone who's exercising regularly, maybe sweating more than like someone who's not exercising regularly. Um, so getting enough like sodium and potassium specifically. So you could do like some coconut water with some salt in there. You could just make sure that you're salting your meals, which I think a lot of people are very afraid of sodium. Um, but if, especially if you're cooking most of your food, um, there's obviously not really a lot of salt in like most foods just naturally. So if you're, if you're eating a lot of processed food, a lot of like packaged food, that's where a lot of sodium, that's where people I think kind of get afraid of sodium because mm -hmm. you think about like a bag of chips or like something like that, there is going to be a lot of added salt. Um, but just salting your food before, you know, before you eat, it can be really beneficial. Um, there are also a lot of like electrolyte supplements that can be helpful and they can also be helpful for making sure that you're drinking enough water. So like a little electrolyte powder, um, a lot of pre-workouts will have electrolytes in them. Um, and this can also be helpful for just making sure that you are drinking enough water, especially if you're someone who like, I don't really like the taste of water. It's boring. Like just adding some electrolyte mix in there and just watch out for the ingredients, making sure there's not a ton of sugar in there. Mm. Uh, so that can be another thing that's also really helpful, especially if you're finding like, as you're drinking more water, sometimes I know people will get headaches because they're drinking a lot more water, but then they're not actually replenishing their electrolytes. So that's a, that's another important factor when it comes to kind of hydration. Um, 
Next up is stretching, which we kind of mentioned a little bit in the three different types of recovery, but this is going to be super, super important, especially if you're strength training, um, just going to help with muscle relaxation, with soreness, flexibility, range of motion, um, just basically aiding in overall recovery. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's kind of, I guess, two, two types of stretching specifically. So before your workouts, if you're doing some sort of strength training, or even if you're doing a run or a hit or anything like that, doing some sort of dynamic warm up. So basically, you know, getting your muscles warm and basically priming them for the movements that you're about to do, working on any sort of mobility issues that you might have, any sort of tension that might be in your body, um, and then doing some sort of static stretching after your workouts that I've been neglecting this and I need to get better about it. But even if it's just a couple minutes, even if it's just a couple different stretches to run through, um, that's when your body is basically warm and like ready to be like, your muscles are going to be more pliable because they're warm. So doing a couple stretches after your workouts too, um, also just to kind of calm your central nervous system down, get your breathing and your heart rate back to normal. Um, definitely going to be really helpful for preventing any soreness and just helping with muscle recovery in general. Yeah. And especially your warm up stretching that can help with preventing injury as well. You want to make sure that that's like super, super important. And a lot of people I see come into the gym, just go straight to lifting. Um, yeah. you want to make sure that you're, you're doing those dynamic stretches for sure. Yeah. Also, we have stress management. This is the last one. Um, like I said before, like stress does place or exercise does place a lot of stress on your body. So making sure that you're managing your overall set stress levels is going to be really, really important. Um, different types of stress management. This is going to look different for every single person, but there's deep breathing techniques, meditation, yoga, journaling, um, outside activities, are activities outside of fitness. Um, so hobbies, spending time with loved ones, maybe any creative outlets that you have, self-care, all of those kind of things. Um, like I said, this is going to look very, very different for a lot of people. I know for me, like some sort of stress management is getting outside and going on a walk. Um, yeah. That might not be the case for every single person. So it's definitely going to be different for everybody, but making sure that you're managing your stress as best as you can. I know a big thing when it comes to stress is work. A lot of people get a lot of stress from work and um, I know when I have a client who has a really stressful work environment, there's there's oftentimes not a ton that you can do. Yeah. So it is really important to try to um, really work on stress management as much as you can outside of that environment as well. So I just yeah. want to make that kind of clear. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people, when they, when they think of stress, like they really think, they think kind of of like mental, mm-hmm. like stress in their mind. So like you said, stress from work, maybe from like uh, going through a breakup or like, I don't know, something going on with your family, which obviously all of those are big stressors, but also just remembering that stress management is also like the stressors that we're talking about are also things from, you know, like lack of sleep, maybe like drinking a ton of caffeine, maybe consuming a lot of alcohol, um, calories, eating low calories, maybe like overtraining or, you know, training seven days in a row, like those are all stressors on your body. So it it comes down to more than just like mental stress or stress from, you know, some of those things that we listed. So I think finding different stress management techniques to kind of help with all of those different forms of stress is also really helpful. For sure. Definitely. Um, So getting into one of the questions that we kind of wanted to address in this episode, talking about soreness and asking the question, does soreness indicate a good workout? Which I think a lot of people, I know I definitely kind of fell victim to this when I first started lifting. If I wasn't sore, I was like, I did something wrong or I didn't push myself hard enough or, you know, the workout isn't effective. I need to change it, whatever it is. 
Um, so short answer to this question is definitely no. So soreness does not indicate a good workout. And on the flip side of that, lack of soreness doesn't, doesn't indicate that you didn't have a good workout. Did I say that right? I think so. Um, <laughs> but basically, yeah, don't, don't judge your workout or the effectiveness of it based on if you're sore or not. Um, pretty much the reason why the reason why people get sore is because there's kind of a novel stimulus going on. So maybe you just started getting back into the gym or you're going to the gym consistently for the first time. Um, or maybe you just, you know, switched up your training program. So you're doing different exercises, um, and your body hasn't really adapted to those exercises yet. There's definitely going to be an increase in soreness. So when we bring on a new client, we always, and they tell us that they're sore, we're always like, okay, that's totally normal. You shouldn't feel this sore for the whole time. Like after a couple of weeks of doing it consistently, you should feel a lot less sore. Um, but just because that soreness is diminished doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong. Right. Yeah. There's, there's definitely better ways to indicate whether or not you had a good workout. Um, some of those are progressive overload. So are you lifting heavier weights? Are you lifting more reps? Is your, um, rest break maybe getting a little bit shorter? So those are definitely great ways to indicate if you're having a good workout, um, performance and strength improvements, form improvements is really good to kind of follow better recovery and adaptation to a workout. So there's definitely, other factors that are going to give you way more indication whether or not you had a good workout. Soreness is not something you should chase. Um, it, it, like Avery said, it's kind of a common response to unaccustomed exercise. So totally. And I think if you were chasing soreness, you would really just be having to like switch your workouts very regularly, which is definitely not what you want to be doing because it, doesn't allow us to progress as well since we're not repeating the same thing for a prolonged period of time it's kind of like you're starting from zero again or you're kind of starting over again versus like you know doing the same workouts for you know six eight ten weeks um and really being able to progress through those with you know with form and reps and weight and all that good stuff definitely um, so yes. next up we kind of wanted to ask or talk a little bit about what what a rest day should look like, how many rest days you should have a week, how often you should be lifting or exercising. Um, it's going to be different for everyone. Um, definitely listening to your body is going to be important. Um, especially I think as you're first getting into it, um, a lot of people like Alex said this in the beginning, a lot of people, I think when they're first starting with a coach or they're first kind of like, okay, I'm going to really take this whole fitness thing seriously, they kind of think more is better, which is definitely not the case. Um, so I think that in terms of how many days you should be resting slash, slash listing, slash, <laughs> resting slash lifting, listing. Um, yeah. it really, it comes down to like your lifestyle, your schedule. How often is that realistic for you? I would say general rule of thumb, five days a week, max of lifting. Um, I know I used to work out like literally six days in a row and then take a rest day on Sunday, which, uh, you know, clearly I wasn't pushing myself as hard as I am now. Um, but definitely I would say five days in a, you know, in a week max, um, mm -hmm. and making sure that you're also spreading out those rest days. So not necessarily training five days in a row. Um, I think a lot of people, I know a lot of times I'll have clients come on. They're like, I really want to have my rest days on the weekend. I'm like, okay, that's, that's great. And I get that. Cause you want to be able to do other stuff on your weekend, but training five days in a row is a lot, especially if you're really pushing yourself. So spreading out your workout days, um, I would say like three days in a row is probably the max that I would, that I would suggest. 
So three days and then a rest day or two days and then a rest day. Um, and then having, you know, those other two, three, four days as either active recovery days, or uh, maybe doing like a different form of exercise, like maybe walking or, or biking or doing yoga, something like that. Yeah, definitely. I think it is, like you said, common for people to want to work out Monday through Friday and have the weekends off, which, you know, most of my clients only work out four days a week. I only typically work out four days a week. So Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, I still have my weekend and then I'm ready to go again, but definitely depends on each individual. Um, and you might feel sore after one day. Like it's like Avery said, it's important to know that you're the one who's going to be able to decide that when you need a rest day. Like if you're feeling really fatigued or sore, it might be beneficial to take a rest day. If you're, you know, feeling okay to maybe engage in some light activity, but you're not ready to like hit the gym again, maybe you take an active recovery day. Um, but ultimately you're the only person who's going to know how your body feels. So the, the further you get into your health and fitness journey too, the more like, um, it'll be easier to listen to your body and easier to read kind of what you need. Um, but yeah, that's definitely good things to keep in mind. So lastly, we have mental and emotional recovery. So this is, you know, something that I feel like a lot of people also don't consider when it comes to a health and fitness journey. I always say like the mindset side of health and fitness always gets overlooked. Like when people think of a goal or a health and fitness journey, they think workouts and nutrition, and that's pretty much it. Um, you know, there's so much more that goes into that. Um, I would argue your mindset actually plays a bigger role in those things because the way you perceive things and the way that you talk to yourself, like that's going to impact your nutrition and your, your exercise as well. So kind of diving into mental and emotional recovery. Um, like I just said, definitely just as important as your physical recovery. Um, you know, exercise does not only impact your body, but it has a significant influence on your mental and emotional well-being. So we have some tips here to kind of help with mental and emotional recovery in your fitness journey. Do you want to go ahead and dive into these? Yes. So definitely just continuing to incorporate activities that you just genuinely enjoy things that like make you happy that you can find like playfulness in. This is something that I've honestly been working on, working on a lot myself, but a good way to do this, if you're someone who like doesn't really have a lot of hobbies or you feel like your, your life is kind of just like work and like your home life, maybe you're a mom, maybe you're a parent, whatever it is, um, but finding things that you just genuinely genuinely enjoy, whether it's like outdoor activities or a different, like a art arts and crafts hobby, maybe it's writing or painting, um, or like maybe you're on like a, what's it called? Like just a soccer team, like a rec soccer team. I don't know, something like that. Um, a lot of times I think as adults, we like don't really play enough. Like a lot of, you know, you see kids playing all the time. They're just playing. They're just for fun. And we don't really do that as adults. Um, that can be such a good way to help with stress reduction and just having more balance in your life. Um, because if your life is just like, wake up, go to work, come back, go to the gym. Like it's, you know, I'm describing me, right? Now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. I love that you're talking about this because- um, we actually have a challenge right now. We're running with our clients. It's called joyful June. And like, we are encouraging all of our clients to at least do one thing a day that truly brings them joy. Like whether yeah. that's going out and getting a cup of coffee, whether that's going for a walk, like it's obviously going to be different for each person, but doing things that you genuinely, genuinely enjoy has so much of an impact on our mental and emotional well-being. Like it's actually crazy. So identifying those things and doing those things more. Like I always say, what are your favorite things to do? Now go, go freaking do those things. Like I think that as adults too, it's easy to get into the mindset of like a routine or redundancy. And like, especially once you start to have kids and things just become so like, um, you just go, you're on like pilot mode or whatever that's called. Is that, was that the right word? Autopilot. Autopilot. I'm <laughs> like pilot mode. 
Um, you're on like autopilot and it can get so easy to kind of get stuck in ruts. So, um, don't be afraid to like go out and do things that you enjoy. Spend $4 on a cup of coffee, or I guess if you're going to Starbucks seven, but whatever yeah. it would be like, if, you know, doing things that you enjoy is so important. I think that identifying those things and doing those things at least once a day is going to be really, really big. Yes. Um, and then practicing some sort of like mindfulness, whether that's meditation or like just some deep breathing, maybe doing like some positive affirmations can be super helpful. Um, a lot of times, like when I'm journaling, which I don't know if we have that on here, but journaling can also be really helpful. Um, especially because I think the more you get into your health and fitness journey, the more like mindset and, you know, you might feel like you're getting burnt out a little bit or you're not making progress, whatever it is. So just finding some time to actually like reflect on those things can be really helpful. Um, and just like focusing as much as you can on the positive things, mm-hmm. um, and like actually acknowledging the things that are going well, I think is also super important. Um, spending time with your friends and family, like having, having a strong support system, um, friends, family, like professional support, if that's something that you're struggling with, I feel like as I've gotten into coaching and like gotten to know my clients a lot, like so many people have opened up to me about like just struggling with their mental health, just outside of like outside of coaching. Um, and so it's always really good when I hear that a client is like also seeking support for that outside of health and fitness, um, because that has, if you're struggling with your mental health, it's going to be that much harder to, you know, get yourself to the gym or, you know, stay positive, whatever it is. So mm-hmm, for sure. And then also just like, yeah, pri- prioritizing self-care activities, like Avery said, um, celebrating your achievements, no matter how small they are, like, oh, that's such a big thing. Like even the smallest of small wins, celebrate those like there and don't just celebrate the physical wins that you're having on your health and finish journey. It's easy to get caught up in that too. Like, Oh, I lost a couple pounds or I'm losing inches or whatever, but celebrating, wow, I'm getting stronger in the gym and my recovery is better. And my relationship with food is better. Like it's, it's important to identify all factors that are considered wins. Um, it's super easy to just get stuck in that. Oh my God, I'm not seeing changes. This sucks. Like, okay, but you're eating 500 more calories a day. Like that's freaking awesome. So just identifying those things is, is really, really great. Um, but yeah, basically just other stress reducing practices, journaling, like Avery said, deep breathing, exercising, Um, just engaging in activities that promote relaxation and self-reflection is really important. So that's kind of everything in regards to kind of tips to help with your mental and emotional recovery. And I think that's everything that we have for this week's episode. Is there anything else that you can think of that you want to add? I think just remember, like, this is just as important as all the work that you're putting in, in the gym, in the kitchen, whatever it is. Um, You're, you're not going to get very far without prioritizing recovery. So the sooner you can kind of get into a routine with that, the better. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. You guys Well, thank you for tuning in this week. I'm so proud of us. We got through that so quick. It was a three page outline you guys. And right before this, we were like, man, this is going to be a long one, but we stuck to it. I don't think we strayed very much, which is very unlike us. (laughs) Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in and we will see you next week. Bye.